3: For Bearcat Blitz on the Believe Network, welcome in everybody. I'm your host, Russ Heltman. He is my co-host, live from uh, the heart of Kansas. Neil Meyer getting Monday action, 9 p.m. tip-off between currently number three Kansas Jayhawks as of the pre-AP poll release date taping of this show up against the Cincinnati Bearcats who have just suffered a tough, tough 69-65 loss to the Oklahoma Suitors. This past weekend we'll dive into that, plus a quick preview of the game and the latest on Cincinnati football's defensive coordinator search. After former defensive coordinator Brian Brown went to his alma mater, got the call from Old Miss down to the SEC, and he is headed south, leaving Cincinnati with a wide open spot at the associate head coach and defensive coordinator position. All coming up on Bearcat Blitz. Catch us wherever you get your Apple podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Most people checking us up. Check us out on Apple, but you can also find us on Google, Spotify, just whatever podcast platform you frequent and also can check us out visually. People have been loving the YouTube version of the show on Talking Cats with Russ Heltman. You can subscribe there and watch the full show as well on that medium. And of course, we are on Valley Sports Ohio every single weekend throughout this basketball season. With the NFL playoffs here and the NBA season in full swing, it's time to tell you about Bet Online, which has you covered with all the up-to-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get info and see all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Online where the game starts. Neil, we'll start with you my man in Kansas getting ready for the action against the Jayhawks Cincinnati, a 9-point betting underdog. We'll get into the matchup uh, in just a moment, but good travel so far. Are you ready for uh, this is this your first true true road trip of the basketball season?
4: Yeah, I'm excited for it. First first trip of the the Big 12 conference slate for the men's basketball team this season. So Lawrence is a fun town for those who haven't been out here. It's a great environment, a great campus. So I'm sure Allen Fieldhouse will be rocking tonight and especially coming Kansas coming off a of loss. I know it's gonna be a big atmosphere, big Monday. Man, it's, it's gonna be an exciting time here in Lawrence, Kansas tonight.
3: It would be even more exciting and more anticipated for Bearcats fans had they gotten the job done on mm-hmm. Saturday. Neil, it's been the talk of the fan base for the last three days, free throws, the lack of them, the inability to hit them, and the fact of the matter being that if Cincinnati had posted a 236th or better free throw mark over the past four games in conference play, they would have won every single one of them, Neil, That's all they had to do, 70% from the line, which would rank in the 230s nationally across the entire landscape of college basketball this season. That's all Cincinnati had to hit to be able to call themselves winners of all of these games over the past week, past 10 days. Alas, Neil, they have gone one and four in their past. It should be they've gone two and three in their opening five Big 12 games. You are left with a 62.8 free throw percentage mark in conference. That is hands down the worst of all 14 teams in the Big 12. And I would say free throw shooting is a big problem. But outside of that, Neil, the things that this team can largely – Control, easily more easily, I would say, is the offense, which has been lacking overall. The shot making has not been there. This team is desperately needing a shooter back, like C.J. Frederick, since he has gone on the mend uh, back on December twenty second, got injured in the game against Stetson. I mean, this offense is kind of hapless right now, Neil. They are a- unable to get good looks at the rim to go down, and they've been unable to get the free the three point shot to go down, uh, shooting it at a bottom three clip in the big 12 far in terms of three point attempt rate. And this is a team in West Miller style of play that we're used to seeing get up a ton of shots from deep. That has not been happening in conference play defenses are kind of bending them to their will each night in and each night in and each night out.
4: Yeah. And they're desperately missing CJ Frederick and people are starting to realize how important a guy like Frederick is to this team. So obviously since he went out with the injury versus Stetson, he's been out for about the last month, but Sounds like he's still starting to work his way back into practices and whatnot, uh, based on the update Wes Miller gave on his radio show last week. But it's, it's a hard loss for the Bearcats, losing a guy like C.J. Frederick, who not only provides that shooting ability that you guys need, but he provides the veteran leadership role as well. And we've seen it over the last few games. I mean, Saturday versus Oklahoma was a great, a great talking point about this because CMOS Lukosius started out incredible, and then John Newman had a big second half. But between CMOS and Newman, they knocked down six of the team's seven threes. And outside of that, when the rest of your team goes one for 15 or one from 16 from behind the arc, you're not going to win many games that way. So they're desperately missing a guy like C.J. Frederick. But the free throws, Russ, we've talked about it, and they continue to haunt the Bearcats. I mean, they got manhandled on the glass the last two games versus TCU, and then back-to-back with Oklahoma, so they've now lost two straight games on the glass. Wes Miller obviously wasn't happy about that outcome, but free yeah, throws.
3: Great point there, Neil. I didn't mention the rebounding. It's it's kind of a team in Cincinnati that was top ten and dominating teams mm-hmm. on the glass in non-conference play is kind of facing teams that are just as good at rebounding as them but hadn't been able to show it as easily because they didn't face as easy of a competition as you see did in non-conference play.
4: Yeah, and that's an incredible statement. And then the free throw aspect, I mean – Oklahoma did what Oklahoma was going to do at the free throw line. And they proved how important free throws were because you look in the first half, they go nine for nine. And then the second half, they go seven for nine and buried all their free throws down the stretch. So in a game where you're shooting 16 from 18 from the line, and then the opposing team in this case, it was Cincinnati. They're shooting 14 for 22. I mean, even if they go 17 for 22 or 18 for 22, that's a, it's a different outcome there because some things might fall your favor Simas just had a chance there to make it a one-point game and a one-possession game with nine seconds left, but he misses the front end of the one-and-one, one, which is essentially saying you're missing two free throws. So that could have taken that game to a one-possession game with the shot down the stretch, but ultimately it didn't. It didn't happen that way. But free throws got to improve. You're shooting 62% from the line. I mean, you got to find ways to improve it. This is the best basketball conference in America you're not going to win games shooting 60% from the foul line because teams are going to notice that and they're going to start fouling the same people over and over, whether that is a guy like Victor Lockin, Aziz Bandego, Jamil Reynolds, whoever that may be, they're, they're going to find ways to get the, send them to the line and make them beat you from the line. And as of right now, that hasn't been the Bearcats' strength. So they got to find a way to really, really knock some free throws down i mean we've seen it earlier in the non-conference slate i mean there was one game where they went 19 from 24 from the line and then the next game they're shooting 11 for 23 or something like that like it's been very inconsistent but heading into a team a like a matchup like tonight versus kansas you got to take all the free points you can get especially on the on the road in a very hostile environment out here in allen Fieldhouse. so Any free points tonight would be a gimme, but heading forward down the Big 12, I mean, this is a league where anything can happen. I mean, we've seen it night in and night out in this conference for us. I mean, you look down, UCF beat Kansas, West Virginia beat Kansas, Houston goes down, Texas Tech is atop of the conference right now. Not many people thought that coming in.
3: And, uh, Neil, you want to know what the common denominator between the three teams that have taken out the Kansas Jayhawks so far this season is? Would you like to know what that is? Oh, yes, it is free throw shooting. They are a combined 44 of 55 at the free throw line, 80% hit rate in the three losses this season Kansas opponent is from the free throw line. If the Bearcats shoot 60% at the line again tonight, they will not cover the nine-point spread. Mm -hmm. They will not. There is too much working against them and too much offensive firepower that this elite, elite Kansas Jayhawks offense brings to the table for them to be able to keep pace. and, And it's just it's it's become such a frustration point for fans that they're starting to go after us a little bit, Neil. Fans are starting to get angry with the media for not asking the tough questions, so to speak, of Wes Miller. What, what questions are we supposed to ask about free throw shooting? That's what I would like to know. What are we supposed to ask? Are you guys practicing free throws? You want us to ask that question? What do you think the answer is going to be? It's going to be yes. We practice it every single day. Especially do you guys want to make your it. free throws? Especially like, when
4: we see it on a night in and night out
3: basis when we go to practice once a week. Right. They practice free throws. Are you wanting to make your free throws? Another question you can ask about free throws. Uh, duh. Everybody in the world wants to make their free throws. What other questions are there? I mean, they recruit good shooters. This team has been a good shooting team throughout much of the season. Now that's dipped pretty heavily from the three-point line, uh, was what I'm referencing there in conference play. And, and obviously maybe they don't have as many good shooters as we thought they did. But I mean, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Like you mentioned, Seamoss Lukosius. Four of 12 from deep. He's one of the better shooters, better offensive players on the team. He should be an 80% plus free throw shooter. And it's just not happening. He misses the front end of a one and one. I mean, overall on this team, kind of looking at the entire free throw marks, it's it's not really happening for anybody. The highest mm-hmm. free throw percentage on the team is CJ Anthony and then Day Thomas at 79.6%. I mean, you got three guys, two rotation players, which, and it being your two point guards above 76%. Nobody else, nobody else above the four players overall above 72.5% in Lukosius, James and Thomas plus CJ Anthony. I mean, it's just tough to sled that way, especially like you mentioned, Neil, when this could start snowballing even more to the fact where you could start hack a shack in the entire team in the last five minutes. It's the Big 12. We know these games are going to be tight. Why wouldn't you hack a shack a Bearcats player and force them to make w- the, the both both parts of a one and one when? when you know that they have not been able to do that, when they're hitting 60%. So it's just really tough. And on top of that, kind of putting a bow on this, this tough, tough loss to Oklahoma that you're favored to get the job done in on both ESPN and the batting line. You only turn the ball over eight times, Neil, which is one of their lowest – I think it's their second lowest mark <laughs> second in the conference play. Year. Maybe their lowest mark right up there with – uh with uh, I think it was the, the Baylor. Baylor game that did a good job. Baylor. To keep it. Yeah, Baylor did a good job. keep keep taking care of the ball but you just waste that you just waste an opportunity like that you waste a home game which is really really tough to swallow in this conference we see how hard it is to win on the road kansas perfect example losing at ucf and at uh west virginia so far this year and the the neutral site lost to marquette as well and you also just you waste a turnover game where you keep, keep take care of the ball very well and you get great ball handling out of your lead guards so it's a really tough one to swallow. And it and it's just they gotta figure out a way to make your free throws and make your freebies at the rim. rim. Free is the name of the game in this opening segment of the episode, Neil, because not only were they not missing, not making free throws at a high enough clip, less than 65%. You can't have that. They were below 50% on layups, man. Below 50% on layups again. I think it was roughly six of 17 overall on shots at the rim. The touch just has to be better now not obviously all of those were open shots at the rim maybe half of those were open looks maybe a little bit less than half but you still that close to the basket the hit rate has to be over 50 percent, especially when you're playing good enough defense to set yourself up with transition opportunities on the other end and you're not hitting those transition layups neil at a good enough clip
4: yeah so the, the layups are also a big talking point russ as you mentioned i mean there's been games where they have had great, great wide open looks and it's just either bouncing out or just off the mark. But they got to find ways to capitalize that because if you can shoot 50% from around the, field, around the rim at those layups, and then you can converge your free throws, this Bearcats team's looking at 5-0, and sitting in Big 12 play potentially, might be ranked top 20 right now in the country. And we're talking a different outcome here. But, man, especially versus a team like Kansas, like UCF coming in, you're still going to have to play Houston. You're still going to have to play TCU again. You're going to have to get Houston twice, matter of fact. So they're going to have to find ways to knock down those easy mid-range shots, whether it's a mid-range or something around the rim at the layups. They're going to have to find ways to capitalize it because you know Houston is a tough environment. You know Houston's a tough team. You know Kansas is a tough team. And looking at this preview that we're about to hit in the next chapter of this show, Houston's a physical team, so I'm expecting a lot of free throws to be shot tonight for the Bearcats, and they have to capitalize on them. They can't shoot 50% from the line here at Allen Fieldhouse tonight, or
3: it could be a dangerous game. No doubt. We'll get into the preview just now as opponents against Kansas shooting 71% at the line this season. It's been a big reason, as I mentioned, 80% in losses, opponents shooting uh, against Kansas. So it's a massive, massive bellwether in this game. There's a big reason we spent so much time on it on top of the layups as well. This team, I think the most frustrating part of these first five games in the big 12 is they could be five and zero so easily. It's not some type mm-hmm. of fairy tale. You're telling yourself it's free throws. It's layups. It's these fundamental remedial parts of the game that solid programs in division one college basketball take care of that. Even some bad programs take care of But when a close to elite, to solidly good program and what you see is right now is not getting it done it just makes it that much more frustrating and that much more uh difficult to describe why it's going on the free throws man i just do not get it why west miller teams in this city are outside of the top 220 in free throw percentage every year of his career so far i just do not understand it we'll dive into the preview against number three kansas on Bearcat blitz coming up after these messages Neil UC enters this matchup against the Kansas Jayhawks as roughly nine point to eight and a half point underdogs, depending on what book you are looking at currently. They have a 25.5% chance of pulling off the upset, according to ESPN's matchup predictor. These two sides are four and three all time against one another. UC is four and a three all time against Kansas. And uh, I believe the last time Cincinnati traveled to Kansas, Oscar Robertson put up a 40 point double double and set the Allen Fieldhouse scoring record by an opponent. That would be pretty cool if we get a Bearcat performance like that on Monday night. I, I don't know. I, real quick, who do you think is the top candidate, Neil, to go off for 40 tonight? If you had to pick a Bearcat.
4: For the Bearcats, if it's going to happen for 40 tonight, if I if I had to guess, it would be CMOS. Just I was because of their shooting shooting abilities. If it was going to happen, I
3: think it would be CMOS. Yeah, he hits like six or seven threes, something like that. Actually, makes eight to ten free throws as a contact hunting player. But even I mean, even that sounds crazy to me. I mean, 40, yeah. point, 40 point double double. Oscar Robertson, the goat of Cincinnati Bearcats basketball for a reason. Couple of potential. Uh, Greatest? I don't even know. There's, there's no greatest of all times on the uh, on the Kansas Jayhawks roster, but a couple of potential Wooden Award winners to keep an eye out on in CJ McCollar and or not who was it? McCuller. McCuller and
4: Hunter Dickinson. Yeah,
3: CJ McCullough and Hunter Dickinson. i my, getting my wires crossed here. Dickinson averaging a 19 point double double. McCullough up there with one of the best averages in the country, 20 plus points per game. Those two guys have almost put up nearly half of the Kansas Jayhawks scoring output each and every night. Neil, that's the top, top two players to watch out for on the Cincinnati side of things. When we look at just raw statistics, when these two sides are matching up, it's going to be an interesting one. Kansas comes in this game averaging 79.9, point, 79.5 points per game, allowing just 67.7, shooting 51% from the floor. They average the most assists in the country with 21 per game. The ball movement is going to be something Cincinnati has to keep an eye on, and I think they will be able to disrupt it, Neil, if they keep playing man-to-man defense like they have through the first five games in conference play. Top 22 defense on Kempom Cincinnati currently boasts, and I think that's the best way they can muck this game up and maybe turn it into a UC upset.
4: Yeah, and everything that Kansas does well revolves around Hunter Dickinson and Kevin McCuller. I mean, Kevin McCullough's one of the top point guards, Kevin McCuller.
3: Thank you. I kept, calling, I kept trying to call him CJ McCuller. I don't know why. Yeah, he's
4: one of the best point guards in the nation. I mean, he's averaging 20 points, six rebounds, and five assists a game. He's a guy that just stuffs the stat sheet each and every night. And I mean, you're looking down at him. He's a six foot six guard. He possesses great size, great athletic abilities. There's a reason he came back for his fifth year after testing the NBA draft waters last season, but. He can score on all three levels. He's a guy who can really light it up on offense when needed to. And, I mean, you're looking down at his shooting splits of the season. You're shooting 50% from the field, 40% from three, and he's a 90% free throw shooter. Like, those are shooting splits you want from your point guard in Big 12 conference play. But now the question is, who gets the assignment for a guy like Kevin McCullough? Do you put John Newman on him, or what do you – how do you attack a guy like Kevin McCullough? Because we know John Newman is the best on ball defender for the Bearcats, but I don't think he's had a really good opportunity. I mean, Jacoby Walter outside of that, but Kevin McCullough might be his biggest test of not only his bear, this Bearcats season, but of his
3: young career.
4: So, I mean, Kevin there's McCullough is two, a two like
3: veteran guys, too. I think there's 11 yeah. years of combined Our college experience. basketball experience between these two guys. So that, that's, that's my, my top player. matchup, Neil. What about you? I think that's the most that's the thing I'm most excited to watch. And also, that obviously the the front court matchup as well with how Hunter Dickinson bangs with Victor Locken and Aziz Bandago. I'm interested, Neil, to see what they do with that defensive strategy. Do you double Hunter Dickinson? Do you force him to become a passer, which he's shown the ability to do, Mm -hmm. solid, solid assist, man. And we know 21 assists per game. When that gravity starts to suck in on those two players, they can ping it out and find open shooters and find open looks. Would you double Hunter Dickinson, Neil? Would you try to allow Aziz or Vic to shade that matchup one on one and see how they fare at first? Because last time UC took on a dynamic scoring big man, they got sliced, diced, and pieced up twenty-seven points worth of it from Dayron Holmes and Dayton.
4: Yeah, and if it if it's me, you got to double it. Uh, Hunter Dickinson's just too good. There's yeah. a reason he was an All American. Tutors to make shots, right? There's a reason he was an All American. A- Preseason Big 12 Player of the Year. I mean, he's an All-American for a reason. He's arguably one of the best bigs in college basketball. And standing at seven foot two, a guy who shoots 60% from the field and can really light it up from behind the arc as well. I mean, everyone knows they're going to try and get their post touches with Hunter Dickinson to really open up their offense. But for me personally, I think they double it. And this is where I'm going to go with this, Russ. This could be a huge, huge night for a guy like Jamil Reynolds. Because Jamil Reynolds provides the big physical big in there that can really match up and take some contact from Hunter Dickinson. Because if you get Victor Locken in foul trouble early or Aziz Bandego gets in foul trouble early, I frankly don't think Kansas has seen a team this year with as much depth at that front court position than what Cincinnati has. And the reason I say that is because you look down, Jamil Reynolds is six foot ten, 260 pounds. Victor Lockin, seven foot, 250 pounds. Aziz Bandego is seven foot one, roughly, with that long wingspan of his. He can really alter shots, but if Victor Locken comes out and starts how he starts the game tonight versus how he did versus Oklahoma and can really find a way to alter shots early, I think they're in a huge standpoint in terms of positive energy heading that aspect, but they're going to need Victor Lockin, Aziz Bandego, and Jamil Reynolds to play substantial minutes tonight. And I mean, Jamil Reynolds is going to have to make an impact on the glass. This is something that we talked about last week with our guy, Terry Nelson. He only finished with two rebounds versus Oklahoma, but there were some times where you kind of looked down and definitely thought Jamil could have maybe found a way to slip that box out and grab some offensive boards or something to really kind of keep Oklahoma off the glass. But tonight's going to be a matchup for the front court, And I mean, everyone knows the talented backcourt for Kansas but it's going to start with the front court because if Hunter Dickinson gets off to a night where he starts six for six, I mean, you might as well just chalk it up because if he gets going like that, it's it's going to be very hard to stop.
3: Right. If they get an eight to 10 point lead at any point in the first half, it's just, it's going to be supremely difficult to slow them down, to slow down that ball movement, to just, just chip away at that deficit. Jameel Reynolds, man, when is the show out game going to come? When is it going to come? Waited all non-conference play for him to be able to suit up. There's no more excuses now. Terry Nelson laid it out last week. He played okay in the game against Oklahoma following up that interview with Terry. Six points, was a plus one in the game, went three or four from the field. But they need more. They need more from a man. They need more from Jameel Reynolds. He has to be that connecting bridge between what Aziz Bandego gives you on defense and what Victor Locken gives you on offense. This trio, this front court, kind of amalgamation is going to decide this game for me tonight. If they go out and post 16 points as a trio between Victor Locke and disease bandago and Jamil Reynolds, I don't see Cincinnati covering the spread, let alone winning this game. But if the guards can find a way to get those guys post touches, if they can find a way to get Hunter Dickinson in foul trouble, which has happened in two out of three Kansas losses so far this year, namely because of big men getting to their spots and putting Hunter Dickinson in precarious situations, then Cincinnati can win this basketball game can is the operative word there i do not have cincinnati winning got the jayhawks barely 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 missing out on a cover here 78 70 victory for kansas i just think their offense is going to be too much for cincinnati to overcome and ultimately we get a great outing from kevin mcculler not as good from hunter dickinson because of the front court matchup he has to face but ultimately kansas gets the win in this game what do you got neil
4: Yeah, I'm going to go with 82 to 76 in favor of the Jayhawks. So I'm going to go a little bit closer, but it's just going to come down to the front court matchup. And if the Bearcats can handle that and they can get Hunter Dickinson in foul trouble, as you mentioned, it could put things in the positive direction for them. But it's going to be a very, a very tough environment tonight. And everybody knows when you're playing at Allen Fieldhouse, it's like you're playing seven on five. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows
3: that. So the crowd, I'm, the refs—it's all going to probably be working against Cincinnati on uh, on Monday night. Neil going with the Jayhawks. I'm going with the Jayhawks. Bearcats fans hoping we have egg on our face when the show comes back on Thursday. Football check-in. What's going on with the DC position? We'll give the latest, and if there has been any latest after this break on Bearcat Blitz, closing out the show after this. Well, Neil, Brian Brown, UC, former UC defensive coordinator and associate head coach, headed to Old Miss to take on the co-defensive coordinator role. A little bit of a title demotion, but I imagine, we don't know what the contract looks like specifically, but I imagine the contract numbers boosted up a little bit from his time at Cincinnati. And obviously, when you mix in the fact that it was his alma mater, a chance to go back home and coach where you cut your teeth as a player I mean obviously you're going to jump at that chance most time than not and that's um, what I imagine is the big reason why he left Scott Satterfield and his staff after a decade together right Neil correct me if I'm wrong they've been dating back all the way to the early 2010 so now we have a wide open defensive coordinator position the portal is closed so I think that's the big reason Neil why they haven't rushed this so to speak they haven't Done this super super quickly is because you don't have to worry about maintaining guys. You don't have to worry about trying to bring in a, a portal player that you had right on the line, right on the right right on the fishhook, so to speak. But Brian Brown leaves, and you got to figure out a way to keep him on that fish hook. There's none of that going on. So it seems to me like they're taking a smart approach, doing their due diligence here, and then going to make their decision based on that. But interesting pool of names that they could be picking from. I think it could be a wild card option and possibly somebody that has not really had direct ties to Scott Satterfield. It could just be, and hopefully for Bearcats fans are just looking for the best overall defensive play caller to come in and really take control of that unit.
4: Yeah. And obviously losing a guy like Brian Brown is a substantial loss. So, but the opportunity comes to go back to his alma mater, and you mentioned it. SEC money is a little bit bigger than the big 12 money. So obviously I'm sure he probably had something there that might've been a significant raise in college football. You never know what it is. No one knows what the contract details are like, but losing him is a huge, it's a huge loss in my opinion, Russ, because you're looking down, this is a a guy who had so much success at Louisville. And then you come in for one season and you see things don't go in the way he was expecting, but then that they were making that positive, that positive track after year one, it looks like they were really going to be on track to make some strides there in year two with them. But then all of a sudden Ole Miss comes calling and he's off to his alma mater. So, I mean, obviously you're losing a, a very tough uh, talented defensive coordinator to go to a code defensive coordinator. But overall, as you mentioned, it's not like they're having to worry about grabbing somebody out of the portal that they thought they were going to land. And you have them right there in the palm of your hands, basically, and now you're struggling for them. But the they don't have to worry about that because this is different from what it was the season ago where all their transfer additions are here already on campus. So it's not like they're fighting for the last minute. But overall, it's a huge loss. And we haven't heard much about the search. If you're thinking about it, this has been a quiet search, but nobody knows what's going through the mind of a guy like Scott Satterfield here throughout, throughout this process. So I mean, you look and you, you kind of hear a couple of names rumbling around. I know. It would have been interesting to see a guy like Colin Hitchler come back to Cincinnati after spending some time at Wisconsin. I mean, he was a guy who knew the system very well and was familiar with the program. But he goes down. Bama bound, baby. Bama bound with Kalen DeBoer's staff. So, overall, I mean, it's going to be an interesting site to keep an eye on because as of right now, it seems like nobody knows what is going through Scott Satterfield's mind in terms of the new defensive coordinator position.
3: I know what's going through my mind. It would hurt my alma mater, but it would help my bottom line in terms of the coverage of the Cincinnati Bearcats. Time to bring Spence Nowinski into the defensive coordinator room for the Cincinnati Bearcats. He is the DC currently at Ohio University and ohio just put up i mean one of the i mean it might have been the best defensive season they've had this century number four in the nation in total defense number one group of five defense in the country number one defense in the mid-american conference i mean they finished the regular season in the top 10 in nearly every defensive category they forced five turnovers in the myrtle beach bowl turnovers sacks havoc that's what spence Nowitzki could bring to this unit I think he would be an awesome, awesome hire. Bring him right over from Athens, plop him here in Clifton, and let that uh let that race car start humming, baby. Get the black cats defense back to the place it rightfully belongs in the annals of the national conversation. Neil Meyer, Russ Heldman. That'll do it for this edition of Bearcat Blitz on the Believe Network. We are presented by Bet Online. Enjoy Big Monday, everybody. We'll be back to continue through the Big Twelve basketball slate on the Thursday show. This is
0: the second? Fifteen seconds left. Shot clock off. Four point game. to Julius Puts up a three? Yeah!
1: Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at discounttire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.
2: Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on.